1: Well, well, well. Hello, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Body of Christ Real Tall. Hey! (laughs) Let's lift up Jesus. Lift up Jesus. Amen, amen. Welcome to the show, Body of Christ Real Talk, where you're going to get straight out real talk about life, what's going on around the world, and looked at in a biblical perspective through the lenses of a Christian, through the lenses of a believer. This is Body of Christ Real Talk. Welcome to the show. Hello, everyone in the United States and also around the world. i like to say good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and to my night listeners, welcome to Body of Christ Real Talk, Spiritual Obesity. What is spiritual obesity? You ever wondered, as a believer, and I'm going to talk to the believer and the unsaved, the saved and unsaved, of what is the doctrine of Christ? What is the gospel of your salvation? What is, how should, a believer, according to a believer himself and according to the world if you listen to me what is your take or what is your uh, your take on how a believer should be walking or should be living or should be teaching you ever thought about those things what is a real Christian what must man, a man and woman do to be saved and what is the gospel Another question I'm sure a lot of people ask, what is the gospel salvation and why? Listen to the why. Why are there so many churches? In other words, why are there so many denominations? That's a lot of questions that many unbelievers ask and believers might be curious about. Now, some believers may think that every denomination is the church. Yes, believe it or not, many believers believe every denomination or which we call or the world call Christendom or Christianity or the church in itself, you know, uh, are all believers in this one church. They don't look at it as separately of different churches, or which I mean by church buildings. Uh, many believers and unbelievers traditionally have been... Uh, led to believe that the church is anybody that believes in Jesus Christ and anybody believes in the doctrine of Jesus Christ how he died on the cross and believe in who he was and etc cetera, etc cetera, stuff like this so you have many beliefs according to that uh, tradition it has to do with Jesus uh, Christianity falls on the name of Jesus the majority of Christianity falls on the name of Jesus what you believe about Jesus and what he done and who he was See, that's the uh and I say it I said it uh separately like that because that's the belief of the majority of Christendom. They believe salvation is who uh in three ways the church look at the gospel of salvation on how to be saved. And I'm not talking about the confessions of salvation, but how to be saved. All three of these uh beliefs has to do with Jesus, the Son of God. One of the beliefs And most of them are traditional and used more than others. One of the beliefs is believing who Jesus was, believing Jesus is the King, believing Jesus is the Messiah, believing Jesus is the Son of God, which is correct. Many Christians fall on that. They know the way to salvation is believing in Jesus. Majority of Christianity knows that for salvation, believing who he was, believing he was the King, and believing that he's the Son of God. OK, <clears throat> then you have the middle area of what Christians believe that you have believers that believe not only Jesus is the son of God or believe in who he was. They also believe he died. He was buried and he rose again for the sins of the world. You have those two type of beliefs in Christendom. You know, remember, remember, it all falls on Jesus, the son of God. OK. You have that middle ground. They believe in both him being king, him being the son of God, believing who he was, and believing in his death, burial, and resurrection. They believe you must believe all that to be saved. Okay. And the third, the less traditional belief is just the faith alone believing. What does that mean? They believe in that Jesus died and was buried and rose again for salvation and nothing else not who he was, not him being king or not him being the Messiah. The belief is believing that Jesus died, he was buried and he rose again for salvation. So you see, most of the belief of salvation falls on those three beliefs. If you look at Christianity or if you talk to people, traditionally they will talk about those three ways. The majority of the people and it has been proven even through surveys, you can survey this yourself. The majority of the believer, believers believe in the one, and the first and second one I mentioned, believe in who Jesus was and believe in who Jesus was and he died for our sins, see? But also what comes with those is usually conditions, you know, confessing your sins. Acts 2.38, believe in repenting. Repentance means changing your mind, but most of them look that repentance as meaning Repenting of your sins, because traditionally we have been taught that's what that was meant. Not purposely, but that's what through church Christian that we was taught that repentance means repenting or stop sinning before you get saved. Confessing your sins, then you come up with the uh the uh the sinner's salvation, the sinner's prayer. Then you know you have to believe for you have to be water baptized, all that you go to Acts two thirty eight. If you have your Bible and you go to Acts two thirty eight, that what did peter teach the followers with him or the people that was following him how to be saved what was it first of all out of everything it falls on jesus they had to believe who jesus was jesus was their king their promised messiah the son of god then in order to follow him they had to have this format they had to repent for the remission of their sins. What the remission of their sins mean, not every sins, past, present, and future, but for their past sins. See, for their past sins. The remission of sins in that time in the Jewish uh, kingdom program was remission of sins, was the sins they committed in the past. They could be cleansed from that. Their future sins would be cleansed in the future. Okay? They had to believe what Jesus was, repent for the remission of their sins, their past sins, what they have done and their present sins, not future. Okay. And they had to be baptized in water, water baptism, before they was filled and received the infilling of the Holy Spirit. That's the format. That's called the Acts 2.38 Way of Salvation. Now, why do I say that? Because the majority, that salvation right there is basically Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and early Acts till you get to about Acts 9. Okay, well, let's go to John the Baptist. I'm sorry, John the Baptist ministry tell Jesus earthly ministry, you know, and uh, the four Gospels, early Acts all the way up to about Acts 8 and Acts 9. That's the gospel of salvation. (laughs) Repent for the remission of sins for your remission of sins be baptized in water and you will receive the of the, uh, the holy spirit now when john started it was repent for the remission of your sins because jesus was on earth then jesus was on his way jesus was there john met him later at the uh when he baptized jesus i'm not paraphrasing all this i'm trying to give you a little format okay so when john preached it John preached more about the King Jesus coming, not so much the Holy Ghost, but the the King Jesus coming. Jesus got more into the fullness of that. He started mentioning the Holy Spirit and telling them to be prepared and get prepared for the comforter. The Jewish people to get prepared for their comforter. The comforter in the King James Bible means the Holy Spirit, the upcoming and the, uh, the, uh, the coming of the Holy Spirit, you know, that was coming, future tense. But they had to believe and they had to get prepared. That happened at the day of Pentecost, Acts 2, the day of Pentecost. Penta means 50th. Okay? It happens every 50 uh, weeks or whatever like that, the day of Pentecost. Okay, So that, at that day, that was fulfilled. The Holy Spirit came down after the death of Jesus. So the Holy Spirit power was fulfilled, but the same message went on through early Acts all the way till you get about Acts 9, then the transition took over and went into the ministry of the Apostle Paul, another gospel. But before the Apostle Paul, the gospel was Acts 2.38 type of gospel. Repent, be baptized in water, and you will receive the Holy Spirit. Now, why is I'm saying that? Because the majority of the churches today go by that format. They believe in the kingdom way of salvation, okay? Now, I wanted to just get that broken down right there. The majority of the churches, the majority of the denominations, Believe in that format for salvation, and then they come ways to do that they, you know you got the confession of sins you have to, some believe you still have to be baptized in water, some believe in the man made traditional sinners prayer and different things like that, which the majority of the time the sinner's prayer none of that is in the bible that's a traditional man way man made confession of trying to be saved. It all has to do with you and I doing something. listen to what i said the uh the way to be saved today basically. Even though they might know it's faith alone, they still will put a little, little niche on something that, man, you have to do, mainly remission, confessing our sins or something like that, you know, or, you know, confessing to God that we are sinners and repenting of our sins. The majority of the churches still teach the Acts 2.38 way. Okay, you got that right, okay, the majority of the church, maybe even your church, okay? All right. Now, spiritual obesity now, when I started off early, let me give you just a little bit little run through because I'm trying not to keep this over an hour. I'm trying to go right through it. I gave you a a a traditional look at Christendom after the death of the after the death of the apostles. See, did not do it's a kind of a gray area, but I gave you a traditional look of the Christianity after the death of the apostles. Because I remember, I said God did not stop right there. The church is still going on a day. He didn't stop when the Bible was finished. In other words, God's word continued even until today. So it didn't stop at the end of the, apost- of the apostles. It went through other men and women of God through centuries, mainly men of God through the centuries and centuries and centuries even today so i gave you a traditional background on that if you want to know more and get into more into that if you knew you would just have to go <clears throat> to the first segment of uh spiritual obesity and i'm gonna uh give you which one to start on when i get through with this so you can know where to go and everything like that or i'll put it in the outlines so you'll know where to start these for the ones that's uh uh, want to catch up on everything. The only way you can catch up is to go back to the first show that I have done, the first program that i done. And then, you know, this is the eighth program. So you have to look at the previous seven programs to catch up. You will have to do that. You have to do your homework and do that yourself because I don't have time to go through all of them. Okay. So you will have to do that yourself. But I, I ran through traditions. I ran through, you know, denomination as well as the start of denominationalism, you know, with a Martin Luther and the Catholic church and different things, et cetera, et cetera. I ran through all that, but you have to go back and check it out on the previous seven podcasts if you want to catch up on things. Okay. Now, What I want to get in today, and today's spiritual obesity is the covenant. The law covenants. Now there was God done many covenants with Abraham and uh uh you know David and uh Abraham, I mean uh Noah and stuff like that, but I'm talking about the the law, the covenant laws. The Israel laws. Those are the covenants I'm talking about. I want to just go go through them right quick. Then I'm going to end it because I want the last few. I'm going to try to make it two 10 programs. And I, try, I want to make it very simple and understandable. So men and women of God can understand what's going on with the covenants. Why? What do I mean by the covenant? You know, the covenant is the law. Many people call it the testament. They use it interchangeably. Just say the new covenant, new test, I mean, old covenant. Old Testament, New Covenant, New Testament. When you buy a Bible today, the majority of your Bible, all your Bible is going to start off this way. Genesis is considered the Old Testament all the way through Matthew. Most Bibles traditionally, it has been printed that way. Genesis to Matthew is considered the New Testament because when you open, I consider the Old Testament until you get to Matthew because when you open up your Bible, Now, I have a Bible right here. Okay, let me see what. And I have a King James Bible. Now, what does it say? When I open up my Bible, what does it say? The Old Testament. See? Look at your Bible. If you have your Bible with you, you open up your Bible. No matter what version you have, hopefully it's the King James, but just, I'm just getting along and whatever Bible you have, I'm not going to get into that. But just on that first page, what do you see? Old Testament. What do you see after the Old Testament? If it's the same, you see Genesis, right? You see the book of Genesis. Okay. Now that's the Bible was published that way by men because they didn't know how to rightly divide. They didn't know the different programs that God had, they didn't know how to rightly divide the Bible. See that, that was we have been not, you're going to hear me say traditionally a lot because we, we learn a lot from the Bible. Traditionally man taught, man taught us or women taught us what the Bible was saying or what the Bible meant. So when you look at the Bible, okay and you look at since i have the king james i'm going to use the king james because i believe that's the bible for today so when you open it up what do you see first you see the old testament you turn to the next pages that's telling you or leading you to believe that genesis is the first book of the bible is part of the old testament but traditionally we were taught that but in reality, that is not true. That's error because Genesis is the beginnings. There was no law. There was no covenant. Covenant. There was no testament. So the first book of the Bible, Genesis, is the beginning. See, the A to Z is the beginning, the beginning of the creation, the beginning of man. That's the beginning. No testament, no laws. Now when you get to the book of Matthew, from Old Testament all the way to the book of Matthew, follow along with me, to the first book of Matthew go after Malachi. Malachi is considered by traditional man's teaching. Malachi is considered the last book of the Old Testament. Or we were led to believe that the book of Malachi was the last book of what? The Old Testament. So from Genesis and Malachi, many people believe, some know that's not true now, but many people traditionally, including myself back then, believed that Genesis to Malachi was Old Testament. When you turn the page and you look at the Malachi, what do you see? The New Testament of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So the New Testament of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is true. But does it start in Matthew? Does the Old Testament end in Malachi? See, does it end in Malachi? Okay, now you have to really look at certain verses in the Bible, Galatians and other books like that to, to know that the book of Matthew, the book of Mark, the book of Matthew, Mark, the book of Luke and John is the story, is the Gospels, the Gospels meaning the story of Jesus Christ while he was on earth. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. See? Now, what you will have to understand, you must picture this, you must get this in your head to understand how to rightly divide God's word. You know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, if you read them, Literally, you must read it literally. If you read it literally and don't think about your denominational teaching, what they have said, even if they meant well, you can mean well, still be wrong. If you read it literally, you will understand that he's mainly talking to Jews, Jerusalem. The lingo is a Jewish language. He even talks about traditions and laws and stuff like that. So what did they tell you that the law was still in play? See, and they were still under the Old Covenant, the Old Testament. There was no New Testament first. And the only way you can know that if you understand these things literally and you go back to Hebrews. And I'm I'm getting into all that, okay? But you will have to search your Bible. That's why I like to call my, my Bible study a uh, show Connecting the Dots. Because that's the way you will learn how to to know the difference between the New Covenant, the New Testament, and the Old Covenant, the Old Testament, and where is the church? The church meaning the body of Christ. Where is the church in this? Is the church a New Testament? Many people already know that the church is not in the Old Testament. Church as in the body of Christ, because you have three different type of churches that Bibles, that the Word of God mentions as church. The church in the wilderness is the type of Moses, Moses Moses' time when it was in the wilderness. You have the Messianic church with Jesus said, on this church, on this rock, Peter, I would build my church with you. When Peter said, you are uh, the Christ, the Son of the living God, that was the Messianic church. Jesus said, on that rock, on what you said, Peter, I will build my church. That's the kingdom church. That's the church went all the way until Acts 8. See, that's another church. Then you have the church under the Apostle Paul, which is called the body of Christ. So it's three different type of churches and that the Bible mentions in the Bible. See, a lot of this you will see mainly in the King James Bible. That's why I keep putting emphasis on the King Jimmy Bible, the King James Bible. So there's three different type of churches. You would not know that if you don't learn how to rightly divide. You would just read right through it. The reason we read right through it, because we was taught that these churches was the same. See, but they're not. They could not be. When you literally connect the dots, and you would see, wow, you would see, no, ain't no way. Because a lot of things that was going on then, it's most definitely happening today. And many people blame God and whatever like that. It ain't God's fault. It's our fault. It's man's fault because we was programmed traditionally to believe that we are, that all the churches in the Bible is the same church. You understand what I'm saying? And the gospel has always been that one gospel, the kingdom gospel. Okay, let's let's get into the covenants. All right. So that's just another run through right there. So let's talk about... Uh, Okay, let me do something here. Uh, turn this down. I was listening to my one of my favorite teachers, Les Feldick, but I don't. All right, okay. Now you have the Old Testament, you have the New Testament, and you have. The times of the body of Christ, which is called the dispensation of grace. Okay, Old Testament, New Testament, and a dispensation of grace. I want to focus on the the two testaments. Now, all this got to do. Uh, all of this has to do with spiritual obesity. So you got to bear with me, you know, because this is very important to know. This the Old Testament. Now let me just read something here, and I'm going to be reading a lot, uh, quite a few scriptures. Okay, so first of all. Let's go to Hebrews 9 and 15. The majority of believers that I'm talking to now know the Old Covenant, know what's in the Old Testament. The confusion comes with the New Testament and the body of Christ. That's the confusion of the majority of denominationalism today the New Testament and the body of Christ. It's not the Old Testament or Covenant. The confusion with the church today is the New Testament. Who is the New Testament church? Are they the same as the body of Christ? What What's the difference or are they the same? See, that's the confusion of the church today. And it don't have to be if we read our Bible rightly divided. And let's get into the New Testament's future. Now, uh, in, in other words, now remember, as long as Jesus was on earth, that's considered Old Testament. It's not until he dies when it starts the New Testament. Now, when I say New Testament, for whom? We're going to get into that. New Testament for who? Okay, let's go to Hebrews 9 and 15. Now bear with me. Hebrews 9 and 15. While you're looking for it, I'm looking forward to it. Let's go to Hebrews 9 and 15. I might not read all of them, but I'm going to just give you an idea where I'm going with this. Hebrews 9 and 15. takes another time this is a new Bible too I got a new Bible uh, a giant size uh Bible printed Bible and yeah, I love it so let's go to 9 and 15. reading I hope you got it on your Bible if you have a, uh, if you have a Bible if not just listen to this now this is concerning the New Testament and for this cause he is the mediator of the okay let's go to 14. how much more shall the blood of Christ who through, the, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God. Does mean his death, burial, resurrection. Purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Verse 15. And for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death for the redemption of the transgression that were under the first testament. What was the first testament? The Old Testament. Let's read that again. And for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament. Many people, I like that First Testament. Many people say the Old Testament, but the First Testament was the Old Covenant, that they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Now, the promise of eternal inheritance for this church, Israel, will be fulfilled in the fulfillment of the New Testament, not the Old Testament. See, they couldn't make it through the Old Testament. They couldn't fulfill the Old Testament. See, okay? So remember, remember, we talk about future tense. This is Hebrews getting them prepared for the New Testament, the new covenant, the laws that would be written in their hearts. So this is talking about the New Testament. Let's go to 8, 6 to 13. All right. This is Hebrews 8 and 6. But now has he obtained a more excellent ministry by how much also he is a mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises. Now, the first thing you want to understand, what is that better covenant? And, uh, and what is the better promises? The New Testament. See, this is just foretelling the New Testament and the people they're talking to in Hebrews. Now, you got to understand the book of Hebrews means what? Hebrews. Hebrews are Jews. It's not talking to the body of Christ. It's not talking to no Gentiles. This is a Hebrew letter for who? The Hebrews, the Jews. Okay. So, you know, the better covenant under better promises will be the new testament when it comes to fulfillment okay let's go to seven for if that first covenant first covenant remember the first covenant means the old covenant the mosaic law covenant if that first covenant that that had been faultless then should no place have been sought for the second if it was, if they can walk through their first covenant without any sin, there will be no need for a second covenant, which is the New Testament. That's all they're saying. Verse eight: For finding fault with them, he said, "Behold, the days come," saith the Lord, "when I will make a what new covenant." Many people say, that's the New Testament with the house of who?" Listen closely: Israel and with the house of who? Judah. Now, I'm gonna read this again. Finding. That for finding fault with them, he said, behold, the days are coming, said King James, let me just put it plain. He says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Now, the first thing you must understand, who is this new covenant going to be made with? Israel and Judah, the Jews, the Hebrews. See, you must mark this down if it's in your Bible. This is going to help you a lot of understanding who is the new covenant covenant in New Testament church Israel and Judah see all right you got that you got that let's continue reading not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt now what covenant was that That was a mosaic law the old covenant the old testament because they continue not in my covenant they did not obey that covenant then and i regarded them not said the lord i i, I didn't regard them i, I know I, they they turned their back on me so they wasn't with me anymore says the lord let's go to verse 10 verse 10 in hebrews for this is the covenant that i will make with the house of israel now this is future now this is another testament this is another covenant this is a new covenant For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days," said the Lord. "I will put my laws into their mind. Now, listen to this close closely. I want, okay, let me read it first. And write them in their hearts, and I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. Now, the old covenant was written on tablet. Remember, the laws, the Ten Commandments, and stuff like that. It was six hundred and thirteen laws, written laws, in the old covenant for Israel. The New Covenant, the New Testament is going to be written in their hearts. Supernaturally, spiritually, in their hearts. So this is not a physical tablet law. This is a spiritual law. Okay, let me read this again. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel, will make many future tents. After those days, said the Lord, I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts and I will be to them a God and they shall be to me a people. Verse 11, 8 and 11. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me from the, lead, from the least to the greatest. This is very powerful to understand. Now, what is he saying in 11? And they shall not teach every man his neighbor. In other words, they They will not have to have no leaders or no prophets or anybody teaching nobody about the law. Why? Because it's going to be in every man and woman's heart of Israel to know the law. Because remember, in the previous verse, God is going to write his law in their hearts. So they're going to automatically know what he wants to do, and they're going to automatically obey him. See, they're gonna have to the learn their heart, so there's that's not gonna be any need for a man to teach them what they should do, like the mosaic law. See, this law is gonna be supernaturally, spiritually in their heart, so they're gonna automatically, miraculously, already know what to do. See, they're gonna be led by the Holy Spirit by God supernaturally. You understand that, okay? And I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts and I will be to them a God and they shall be to me a people. And they, verse 11, they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother saying, know the Lord for all shall know me from the least to the greatest. There's no going to be no no reason for them to say you must know the Lord this way. This is what you must follow because they're going to already know already in their hearts because God put it in their minds and head. This is literally what this verse is saying. We must understand it, but you must understand what people he's talking to. Israel and Judah. No Gentiles in here, nowhere. Gentiles was never under no covenant. Just So you must put this in your head. I'm pinning it there. He's talking to the Jews. Israel, don't put yourself there. You can't put the church there, the body of Christ. The church ain't got nothing to do with that. This is all Israel. Okay. All right. Let's continue reading. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. This is another powerful verse. Why? Because this is future tense for Israel. I will be merciful to their unrighteousness. Merciful to who unrighteousness? Israel. And their sins. To whose sins? Israel. And their iniquities. To who iniquities? Israel, and I will remember no more. Now, the body of Christ's sins have already been forgiven. All sins, past, present, and future. But not only the body of Christ's sins, the whole world's, even the unsaved sins, which I'm going to teach you on later, and I'm going to let another teacher do this trade service. So he could break it down very well. better than I can. All the world's sins after the cross, which was revealed to Paul, Has been dealt with past, present, and future when it comes to the world's sins. But right here is saying, I will not remember their sins or their iniquities no more. See, you see the contradiction? So it cannot be the same promises. It cannot be the same church he's talking about. It cannot be the same people because the believer, most believers, Already know that their sins have been forgiven, even though they still struggle with believing that past, present, and future. Well, uh, the book of Hebrews, whoever the writer is, some people believe it's Paul. I don't know who the writer is. I'm not going to get into that. But whoever the believer is, is telling Israel that their sins will be forgiven in the future. See, remember Israel's salvation is nationally, not like not individually like the body of Christ the church today. Their sins forgiven of sins is nationally as a nation. Salvation is individual salvation for the world Jews and Gentiles today. Okay, that's another teaching going on right there. So, I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. That's under the new Covenant. Why he will not remember no more? Because they're going to automatically obey him because he, he put the law, his ways in their hearts and in their minds. Verse thirteen, and that he said a new covenant. Here we go. He hath made the first old. See, remember I was talking about that earlier. Remember, Hebrews was saying the first covenant. It didn't say the old covenant. It just said the first covenant. It mentions the old covenant. Because there is a new covenant now for Israel. That's when the term old come up. Before that, it was just the covenant or the first covenant. That conversation wouldn't even be in play if they if they would have obeyed the first covenant. There wouldn't be no talk about a new co- covenant or no need to call it an old covenant. They would have went through the, the old covenant and went out to the world, but they did not make it out there. They did not even make it out of Jerusalem. I'm talking about the Jews. See? No Gentiles. Remember, I'm not talking about nothing about the Gentiles or the church, the body of Christ. They wasn't even in existence. So I want you to understand that. So let's read this again. In that he said, a new covenant he hath made the first old. Now that which decayeth and waxeth old is ready to vanish away. See, the old covenant is ready to vanish away. See? Okay, now it's very important to understand that. Now you see the kind of the birth of the terms of when it comes to the Old Testament and the New Testament. You should know just from that little bit I have read that what people, is very important of who, where, and what, and why in context of reading the Bible. You must read it literally. You can't uh, allegorically add things to it. You know, stuff like that. You got to read it literally. What people is it talking to? The Bible don't make mistakes. We do. Traditional denominational teachings do. But he's talking to the Hebrews. He's talking to the Jews. Okay? He's not talking to the body of Christ. He's not talking to Gentiles. Period. Okay? The church today. Alright. Okay. Let's Uh, let me see. Let's go to a few more. For a matter of fact, Let's go to Galatians three and seventeen. Let's go to Paul's letters, Galatians three and seventeen, and read that. Galatians three and seventeen. I told y'all, I'm be going through a lot of scriptures. This is very important. I usually don't do Bible study on Body of Christ Real Talk, but trying to do this teaching on spiritual obesity, I want uh, people to understand the saved and the unsaved of. The difference is why the church is so overweight spiritually and so caught up in traditions. That's not for us today. Okay. 3 and 17 reads like this. Let me see. Galatians 3 and 17. Let's start at 16. Now to Abraham did his seed. Where the promises made now seed singularly mean Jesus. When you see seed, uh, singular in the King James Bible, that seed is singular. It's meaning Jesus. It's meaning the coming Messiah. It's not talking about plural many. It's talking about the seed, which is Jesus. So you must understand that. Sixteen now to Abraham and his seed where the promises made. He says not. It could his the seed could also mean Israel. But I believe particularly uh, it's talking about Jesus. He said, not and to seeds as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed, which is Christ. So, he, yeah, he is talking about Christ. I know I sound confusing, but I have to remind myself, too. Seed usually means Christ. It's talking about Jesus. 17, this is the verse. And this I say, that the covenant that was confirmed before of God in Christ The law, the Mosaic law, which was 430 years after, cannot disannul that it should make the promises of none effect. Now, what this is talking about, God made a certain promise, of course, and a covenant to Abraham. Okay, Abraham, which was before the law. The law came around Exodus 24. The old covenant started around Exodus 24 through Moses. See so God made promises that's a, that's another example that that should tell you that genesis uh which was uh genesis twelve Genesis is not the Old Testament. the old covenant didn't come into existence until uh Moseat, the Moses law which was exodus twenty four so from Genesis until then. Uh, starting about Genesis 12, Abram, there was covenants and promises made, not the law, because the law wasn't in existence then, you know. And then when it came to Exodus, you know, 24, you start from 19 to 24, 24, that's when the law came in existence. So in reality, and the right way to look at the Bible, when you want to look at the Old Covenant, is started in Exodus 24, not Genesis. Genesis is just the beginning. Exodus, the law starts in the Old Testament. Old Covenant starts in Exodus 24. Please write this down. This is very important. If you want to know your Bible, please write these things down. Okay? All right. Okay. All right. Let's go to Exodus 19. Exodus 19. Let's go back to the Old Testament. Actually, it was before it was going into the Old Testament because remember I said the Old Testament started somewhat in Exodus 24. All right. All right. Oh, people with their noisy music sound like garbage. And I can't believe I used to like this stuff. Oh, my God. Garbage. (laughs) Garbage. Excuse me. (laughs) Let me keep reading. All right. uh, Exodus 19. Let's start at three. Okay. Let's go here. I hope you got your Bibles. If not, please write these scriptures down. Exodus, Exodus 19 and 3, and Moses went up unto God, and the Lord called unto him, and out of the mountain, saying, Thus shalt thou say to the house of Jacob, remember, Jacob is Israel, and tell the children of Israel, ye have seen what I did unto the Egyptians, and how I have bare you on eagle's wings, and brought you through, uh, brought you unto myself. Now he's talking about the Old Testament, et cetera, stuff like that. Let's go to, down to 8. Uh, 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 Exodus nineteen and eight, and all the people answered together and said, "All that the Lord had spoken, we will do." And Moses returned the words of the people unto the Lord. See, they put their foot in their mouth. First of all, the it, the uh, the Jews put their foot in their mouth. They said, "Everything you tell us, we will do." Now, God knew they wouldn't.
0: holiday trying to grab
1: all the groceries in one trip oof not how you would have done that you know sometimes less is more like when you drive less and save with the usaa annual mileage discount usaa get a quote today he knew they wouldn't but they put their foot in their mouth they said they would obey they would do all and which they did not they didn't even come close of a band The burden of 613 different laws, which was the laws of the Old Covenant, okay, which was the laws of the Old Covenant. Now, let's go to 21. All right, Exodus 19 21, and the Lord said unto Moses, go down, charge the people lest they break through unto the Lord to gaze, and many of them perish. And let the priests also, which come near twenty-one to the Lord, sanctify themselves, lest the Lord break forth upon them. Now, all this I'm reading is Old Testament. See, Old Testament. Those are what the requirements for Israel under the Old Covenant, Old Testament. So let's let's read a few more of the New Testament. Let's go to Ezekiel. Ezekiel thirty-six. Okay, let's go to Ezekiel thirty-six. All right. I hope you write these scriptures down. It's very important. That's how we learn how to connect the dots and read the Bible. I used to be fast at this, but I got caught up into that tablet and stuff too much. I used to boom, 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 go through finding these scriptures, and I have to relearn myself, which I need to. You know, it's very important. All right, my Ezekiel. Okay, let's go to Ezekiel. Almost there, thirty-six. Alright, 36 and 2. Is that 24? Let's go to Ezekiel 36 and 24. Ezekiel 36 and 24. I'm trying to get through this real fast. 36 and 24, then I'm going to stop and break it down. Ezekiel 36 and 24. For I will take you from among the heathen. Now he's talking, he's going to talk about the future of the New Testament because he already knew they they were going to get through the Old Testament. Ezekiel thirty six and twenty four reads, "For so I will take you from among the heathen." Now, who is you? Remember, he's talking to Jews, no Gentiles. This is all about Jews, nothing about Gentiles. And I will take you from among the heathen. Who is the heathen? The Gentiles. Now, how can he be talking about? How can they be talking about Gentiles for the New Testament? Heathen is an uncircumcised. And dogs and pagans are known as Gentiles. Remember that when you're reading, especially the King James Bible. Heathen are Gentiles. For I will take you from among the heathen, the Gentiles, and gather you out of all countries and will bring you into your own land. Okay? Now, that's very important. Let's go to 26. A new heart also will I give you. Remember Hebrews? Listen to this. This is Ezekiel. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. That is the new covenant. See, I will. I will. See, it ain't you do this like the old covenant. is. I will. He's talking about the future kingdom, the future millennium kingdom, when Christ is going to reign on earth for a thousand years and set up his kingdom for Israel and the other nations that's going to be left. that's it that would be the fulfillment of the New Testament Israel you got that, it's all about Israel the tribulation, they must go through the seven year tribulation Israel is going to affect all the Gentiles that's left as well, whoever's left here But it's the last chastisement because of Israel's disobedience to fulfill the 493 years prophesied by the prophet Daniel, the seven-year tribulation. See, then the millennial kingdom will be set up. All the witnesses and then uh, the 144,000, which is 12,000 Jews from from the 12 tribes of Israel, 12,000 Jews would be from the 12 tribes of Israel, no Gentiles, 12 tribes is Israel. No Gentiles, no body of Christ, no church. It's Israel. Okay. All right. Okay. Just for that little reading, you can go to Jeremiah, write these scriptures down, 31 and 33. You can also go to Deuteronomy 1 and 9, dealing with the future new covenant for Israel. Write these scriptures down because I don't have time to read. I'm trying to get through this. Jeremiah 31 and 33, Deuteronomy 31 to 9. Let me just write all these scriptures down. Exodus 19 3, 8 to 21 talking about the Old Covenant. Ezekiel 36 24 and 26 write these down please. Talking about the New Covenant. The future New Covenant for Israel. Jeremiah 31 31 and 32 talking about the future Covenant for Israel. New Covenant. Jeremiah 31 and 33 same. New Covenant. You know all right, Jeremiah thirty one. I mean, uh, the second giving of the law, which Deuteronomy means just the second giving of the law. Deuteronomy thirty and one and nine is also dealing with the new covenant stuff like that. Hebrews nine and fifteen talks about the new covenant. Hebrews eight six and thirteen talks about the new covenant. Okay, all right, okay. Write those verses down. Let's not just go over this lesson again and you will get that out of there. So you have some type of idea about the Old and New Covenant. Now let's break down the differences between what I mentioned earlier, Old Testament, New Testament, and the dispensation of grace, which is the the church today, the body of Christ. So let me explain these three different programs and listen closely then I'm going to end it and then the next time I'm going to get into signs and wonders and I'm going to try to conclude it to break down spiritual obesity while we in, we caught up in traditions and stuff. All right. First of all, let's look at the Old Testament. The Old Testament as you should have known from that little breakdown I've done is what people? Israel. Let's is talk to Israel. You already know that. Most churches know that. They were under a covenant. Requirements was good works. They had to go by the law. They had to obey the law. The conclusion is the Old Testament is for Israel. You ought to know that. Okay. Now let's look at what about the New Testament, the new church, the new, I mean, the new covenant, who therefore, okay. From that little bit I just gave you, and there's many more in the Bible. I just didn't put all those scriptures in there. You know, there's many more proving who the new covenant is for. It's very easy. It's very simple. It's nothing hard. Okay, let's do this. The New Testament, listen closely, is for Israel, not the church, not the body of Christ. We're not the New Testament. We're, We're not replacement Israel. Israel is Israel. Okay? The body of Christ, the church, is the church. All right. So the new covenant is Israel with Christ their king, and the Holy Spirit. Remember I said the setup of the millennium kingdom, in their heart, getting God's going to put his laws in their mind and put his laws in their hearts. But who are people? Israel. They are also under a covenant which is a new covenant, Christ and Grace. They will keep God's stature. How are they going to keep God's stature? They're going to automatically obey Him because what? Again, He's going to make His laws. He's going to put His laws and His mind and their heart and then He's going to cause them to obey Him. Okay? They will have to believe by faith and then salvation. Also in the New Covenant, God will write His laws like I just said, in their hearts. So, who's the New Testament and New Covenant for what people? Israel. So, the Old Testament... Old Covenant, New Testament, Old Covenant is Israel. It's not the church. It's not the body of Christ. It is the church, but it's the kingdom church, Israel, not the body of Christ. Now, let's look, let's, let me get through this and I'm going to get more into the next program of what, what church we are under. See, it's very important to understand that. Now, grace, the dispensation of grace, which is the church today, the body of Christ, how? See, both covenants, one covenant, Old Covenant for Israel, they had to obey the law conditionally. They had to physically obey it. The new covenant, they will obey the law uh, naturally or supernaturally because God is going to write it in their hearts. See, it's still by faith, though. See, everything is always by faith through the Bible. God does not move without faith, no matter what program that you are in. So the old covenant is conditions, but the new covenant is also conditions, but they will be supernaturally moved back, uh, you know, supernatural because God is going to put it in their uh their hearts and in their minds. So, you know, but it's still all about Christ. Christ is going to be fulfilled as Israel's king and Messiah at the thousand year millennial reign after the seven year tribulation period, after the body of Christ is gone. Okay, now let's look at the church, the body of Christ. What is the criterion for the church today, which is us today? Believe in Christ alone. No laws, no covetous, no nothing. We must believe Christ alone, which many people know is by faith alone. We are saved by grace. By grace, nothing else. Grace alone was also uh, in the body of Christ today. Christ As head of the body. Christ is the head of the body of Christ. Not the king. Not our Messiah like Israel. He is our head. Our Lord and Savior. When it comes to the church today. The body of Christ. See. All right. It will produce faith for salvation. Faith alone. To be saved. Under this program you must have faith alone. No conditions. No promises. No covenants. Faith alone alone, believing in what Jesus did, not who he was, what he did, death, burial, resurrection. We get sealed with the Holy Spirit at the day of conversion. Men and women today get sealed with the Holy Spirit at the day of conversion, believing faith alone, death, burial, resurrection. See? Alright? All this is being fulfilled, very simply, and the conclusion is without the Old and New Covenant. So the conclusion of the New and Old Testament, the New Old Testament is Israel. Past tense, the New Testament is Israel, future tense. You understand? Millennium kingdom, the body of Christ, the mystery church was never prophesied. The mystery church is the church today. That church was not known in the Bible because it was hidden in God and only revealed to the Apostle Paul, the body of Christ. So the body of Christ, the church today is not the New Testament church. We're not replacement Israel. See, that's point blank. You can believe it or not, but I gave you verses and scriptures. And if you want more, go to Connecting and doubt. So just just write the comments, and the Bible will prove it to you. Now, I don't have to prove it. I just show you scriptures. It's on you, and you will be judged by seeing something and not believing it. Okay? So the church today is the body of Christ, not the New Testament church or replacing Israel. Okay? God bless you all. Until next time, I'm going to get into the signs and wonders aspect and prosperity message uh, in a little detail about spiritual obesity. This is very important to understand our Bible or your Bible, spiritual obesity. Okay, until next time, I love you all. hope you got something out of there. Please listen to this over and over again and write those verses and scriptures down. Don't be stubborn. Don't get caught in your Subjective way of thinking, look at the scriptures yourself. When you look at it and you still disobey, you're going to be accounted for that at the judgment seat of Christ, not the great right throne, if you all believe the judgment seat of Christ, because you can leave a lot of people the wrong way. See, you must scripturally and contextually read God's word to learn, learn how to rightly divide the word of truth. Okay? God bless you. I love you. The word of salvation is believing in 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 4. Believing in his death, burial, and resurrection genuinely, not just in your mind, but in your heart. Come with a contrite heart, a broken heart, and genuinely believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and you will be saved according to 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 4. I'm going to deal with those. And then at the last one, I'm going to deal. I'm going to let a a, a guest audio speaker, Trey Searcy, teach on forgiveness. This is powerful about forgiveness. Is the world whole world forgiven? Not only the saved is the unsaved. Does the Bible teach that the whole world has been forgiven of their sins? Hmm. Let's get into that because you might be surprised and shocked. God bless you all. Love you all. I remember this, and this goes right with it. You know, not you do not have to be saved first, a believer, to be forgiven. Why? Because you already have been forgiven, and I'm gonna prove that later. Now you have a chance to be saved. Not that you are saved. You're not saved, but you are forgiven. So that opens the door for you to be saved. God bless you. Love you. Body of Christ. The real talk for today. Bye bye. Love you all. Left out, baby. <laughs> Peace out. Love you all. Until next show, love you all. Bye-bye.
0: holiday.